All right, welcome back to another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. I am your host, Cody Kelly. I am super excited, super, super, super excited about this. A, because it's Monday. It is one of my favorite days of the week because I can get back into the gym. I am covering the episode on Black Beauty, really focusing on uh, not just the black hair industry, but the black, I would say, beauty experience. I have some amazing guests. Some of my other guests are experiencing technical difficulties. They should be on later. Uh, but I want to first introduce my first guest, uh, read uh, Dominique's bio so you can get really a feel for her. Uh, just an amazing professional. Uh, she connects with me. You guys, go to her Instagram and check it out. I'm going to read her bio for you. Uh, have it right here. Nice little lengthy bio. I love it. I love it. I love it. So Dominique Valencia Spillman is the founder of Valencia's World of Beauty. She is an aesthetician, permanent makeup artist, and entrepreneur. She began her journey as a makeup artist in March of 2013. She has received her license as an aesthetician to expand her service menu and offering essential services for women that include body waxing, brow wax, and tint, eyelashes, as well as makeup artistry classes, special occasion makeup, photography makeup. In 2019, she received her certification in permanent makeup artist, which has become one of her new passions in the birth of her new business, Browtastic Beauty. In addition to her services, she has created an online store by the name of Drip and Glam to give women the option to purchase glamorous accessories to accent their overall look. Today's Dominique continues to provide services that cater to women who want a natural and classic look. She believes that offering a memorable and professional experience to her clients is what sets her apart in the beauty industry. And then I have with me as well another amazing guest, Bria Nicole Miner. Uh, her bio, she is a licensed hairstylist, graduate from John Amico School of Hair Design in July 2019, currently owns her own salon slash barbershop. So I need to pay her a visit, even though I don't have any hair. But if she could do a man weave, we need to talk. Specializes in <laughs> natural hair and silk presses. Welcome to the show. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Good. Doing well. Doing well. Super excited about this one. And then I see one of my other guests, Sam. Thanks, Sam, for jumping on. I was wondering where you was going to just jump in here, but it is exciting to have you. Can you hear me, Sam? All right. We'll just keep going until Sam gets his camera and things going. So, look, black hair industry is one of the most growing um, hair industries uh, in the U.S. economy. Let me read some of these statistics. I was doing some of my research. Mental, who is basically um, a company evaluator, right, uh, in 2018 did a financial analysis, uh, so to speak, on the black hair industry, found out in 2018 that the black hair industry globally is worth $2.5 billion. If you include nails, <laughs> brows, accessories, and just overall, I think anything that deal has to do with black beauty, it is valued at around $3 billion. If you look at some of the numbers of the black dollar spent, I found this interesting and I want to read these stats before I kind of open up uh, to the line of questioning, because these uh, numbers really kind of took me for surprise. If you look at the total consumer spend, uh, and this is all inclusive of current data, in the U.S. economy alone, when it comes to hair and beauty aids, uh, the U.S. or consumers spend $63.5 million annually. If you look at Black consumers, they spend 85% of that $63.5 million, coming to a total of 54 0.4 million. When it comes to women fragrances, hygiene, uh, personal soaps, they have an overwhelmingly large share of the market. Uh, to sum it up, you could say that the majority of the income in the Black community is spent on hair. 
Some of the other interesting facts is when you look at what is spent on food, we are actually in the minority in that instance. So I think that is great. I think that is a great Sam. Welcome. He's also a barber, a Chicago barber. Sam, I appreciate you being on the show. Over we get settled to get you going. I see you walking over there. Uh, but when it comes to it, I want to start with you, Dominique, and then I'll shut this. I'll basically give this to you, Bria. Why did you get into this this beauty industry? What propelled you to get into this? Well, I started. Um, well, technically, I started in beauty when I was nine. So I started doing my own hair, and I just started doing like cousins things like that. And when I got older, um, I wanted to do cosmetology when I went to high school, but it was so saturated with students that wanted to get into cosmetology, I wasn't able to get in. So I went to cosmetology school after high school. And at that point, I had been doing hair for so long that I was kind of burnt out at that point. So I, I, I got maybe 500 hours or something like that. Sure. And... I transitioned from doing hair to the aesthetic part of it, the skincare, the makeup, things like that. So that's that's what inspired me to get into the hair industry is just me being as a child, playing in my own hair, doing my doll's hair, things like that. And I really, really fell in love with hair at that point. Mm. Awesome. Bria, why did you fall in love with hip hop? Why did you fall in love with hair? What's going on here? <laughs> So I got into the beauty industry when I was 15 years old. Um, my aunt, she's a very lucrative hairstylist. And I was at the salon getting my hair done. And she was so busy. And she said, Bria, do you know how to shampoo? I said, no, but I could learn. And that's where it started from. I started off as a shampoo assistant. Um, when I graduated from high school, I did go away to college. So I kind of, hair is something that I kind of ran from, that burning passion inside of you that I just felt like, well, you know. I can't make any money doing hair. It's not like a, a real career or anything like that. So I just ran from it, ran from it. On September 9th, 2017, I was laid off from my job. And of course, I was hurt. I was devastated. What am I going to do? And I just said, go to hair school. Go to hair school. Do what you love. So I um, got another job within a month. I was in hair school part time. I was going to work full time job every day get off the train, go straight to school. Um, I got my um, certification in a year and a half, took the test, got my license. Um, I have my own salon now. It's the barbershop in the front and my personal uh, salon suite is in the back. And I just overall love making women feel beautiful about themselves. We're also therapists too. So just listening to their problems and helping them out, uh, letting them see my light, doing the best I can, making them feel beautiful on the inside and outside. Awesome. Awesome. Sam, can you hear me? Let me unmute my brother right here. Sam, can you hear me? He's still getting his, I'm going to hit Sam up in the jazz. Look, let me tell you about my experience. So my mother would uh, get her hair done on Friday nights. Um, she'd come home from work. Saturday was date night for my mother and father. She would get her hair done on Friday nights. I had the unfortunate, or I, I don't know if unfortunate is the word, but I had to go with her because she would pick me up from my grandma's house, drive me all the way to the city, which I did not enjoy. I would have to sit in a beauty salon while she's getting her hair done. couple things. First of all, it takes forever for women to get their hair done. The second the thing is it exposed me to a lot of just a lot, right, of going on. Mm -hmm. I love. I didn't mind going to the barbershop with my dad because that was just a totally different vibe as well. 
Uh, but it showed me how much detail is put into uh, the black hair experience, not just the black hair, but black beauty as a whole. Uh, so I want to go there. With this revenue, when you're talking about a $3 billion empire globally, right? Even in the UK, uh, the numbers are estimated around something like 88 million euros, you know, so that equates to about 100 you know, million US dollars just in this specific niche. What is the future of black beauty? And I'll start with you, Dominic. What's the future of black beauty? Well, beauty, the, the beauty industry evolves every day. You know, it, it's always changing. So, but history always repeats itself. So from back in the day, you know, Madam C.J. Walker to now, we saw how products has changed, how techniques on how to achieve certain hairstyles, um, even brows, you know, people are getting ombre brows, which is a tattoo. So even from that, you know, being different from the technique, making it look more natural as opposed to just looking like angry birds. You know what I'm saying? So everything is changing. So I could see the future of beauty, the beauty industry being more um, even automated. You know, mm. you may have machines in the future that's washing people's hair, you know, because they're trying to replace human beings with machines now. So I can see, because we are surrounded by technology, I can see our beauty industry entering into that realm as well. Hmm. Bria, is there a push on your end? Are you seeing the introduction of uh, automation of robotics basically taking place uh, over, like you no longer need a washer, right? You'll have a robot to be able to do all the integral work. Is that is that a real threat uh, toward this industry? I personally don't feel like it's a threat. I do see it. People try, you know, it's starting slow with the booking sites and this and that and online. Everything's a website. But I think there there will always be a need for a hairstylist and a barber. It's only so much a machine can do. I, I'm not too threatened about it. I do believe they probably will try to um, move in that realm, but this is there's some things machines can do. Awesome. And I, I personally feel like hair is one of them. Sam, mm -hmm. you with me now? What's, what's going on, man? I'm sorry. Hey, about I, pre that. I appreciate your effort, man. I saw you. I saw you struggling. Man, you I, I had to go outside and everything. I was like, oh man, I'm, they're going to think I'm. I don't know what I'm trying to do, and I'll, and I'm on my phone. I so I kind of forgot. I didn't forget, so I try to try to go to the gym first. Yeah, I got you. And I was like, so I'm kind of, so I'm still at the gym. I'm like dressed, but I don't know if y'all can tell, but I'm in the gym. But You're good. You're good. I can see you in the locker room as long as nobody comes, you know, uh, and sees you. Whatever. So no, 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 <laughs> no you're, yeah. in, you're a barber. Uh, Sam, and you can, you can, I can vouch for you. There are few barbers that I I'd really vouch for. I'm talking about real skill. You, uh, my boy Devin Walmack, uh, Dre Lewis, you know what I'm saying? Real Clipper talent. But there is an evolution in male, black male, um, I don't want to say beauty. That might not be the appropriate that's word. That's, but that's beauty, fine. let's that's say fine. beauty, some right? Do, right, right. Do, what, handsomeness. Handsomeness, right. Man, what, handsomeness. What is, that, what is that growing trend? You know, when I was coming up and I had hair, you know, it was just about trying to get waves. But now, you know, you know, there's all types of styles, you know, and now you have the introduction of 
the man weed. So what are you seeing out there? Um, all of that in the above. So um, at, at some point I will, I, me and you have actually talked about this during the install. Like I, I, I see there, there's a market there for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I'm trying my best to erase that stigma that men shouldn't get that because there's a huge, hair's a big industry in of, of itself. And to tell a guy that, oh man, you shouldn't get that because that's only a woman's type of thing. It's all about enhancing, make yourself feel good about yourself. Right. Enhancing something, making you feel more confident. You know, we don't want people walk around with low self-esteem or bad, poor self-image. So if someone wants to get something on their head that makes them feel like, oh man, I, I feel better about myself, I'm going to do that. You know what I mean? Like the evolution of hair is just, it just, it's just with the times we got the, I call it the nappy look. I don't know everybody, you know, they don't like that word, but like that natural curly look on mm -hmm. guys, that's, that's a real, that's probably one of the most trendy things. Uh, you still got guys that like waves. You still got guys that, uh, you got the locks and you got the, just the on top braids. It's, it's a, so many different types of styles. You got to try, I try to make the experience, not necessarily like the beauty shop, but I kind of want it to be that entire experience. Like women are, they're, they're satisfied in a different way. Like they are relaxing the beauty shop. They talk like it's a lot of soothing, relaxing things. And the guys kind of get some of the same thing. I, I, when I, I still go to my own personal barber. I don't like cutting my own hair. That's just how I feel. But like it's a relaxing kind of mellow, chill vibe. And that's why I try to bring as a barber. Like, like man, sit back, relax. You ain't, you ain't got to worry about nothing. I'm hooking your hair up. Yeah. And that's it. Is there kind of, let me say this, let's take it up a notch. So the reason why Sam and I discussed this uh, possible install of a unit, A, because I got tired of people confusing me with my grandfather. Love, I love my papa to death. God rest his soul. We're not the same person. I don't need somebody coming up to be like, Bishop, I'll be like, hey, you know, <laughs> it's, just, it's just an awkward <laughs> feel on my end. You know, I like it. My wife likes the bald head. It doesn't bother me, you know, but I do miss having something up here, right? Right. But is there uh controversy uh when it comes to black hair right there's there's certain do's and don'ts these things that are taught and for whatever reason you know it has been expressed now you see kind of more like the cam newton type style right mm -hmm. where five years ago that would have been a no-no and 10 years ago definitely not right so i'll start with you sam then dominique are there do's and don'ts or are they, let me rephrase, are there phobias in the black hair or the black beauty industry? And I'll start with you, Sam, Dominique, and then Bria. I like that a little bit better. It is definitely still phobias because I have I have a client currently that uh, he he doesn't like to wear his full beard, right? Like, I'm a beard guy, obviously, I got a beard. And, like, he's like, oh, man, I got to cut it off because I got an interview. Or I got a guy that, like, he wears the, the natural curl. Oh, man, I think I need to cut it off because I got an interview. What like that? That is a phobia. Like, why do I need to change my outward appearance as long as I could do the job correctly? You know, that has a lot to do. We it's a little bit more in depth than just phobias. You know, it has mm -hmm. a lot to do with our heritage and how upbringing and slavery and things of that nature. But we as a people, we actually feel that way. Like they feel like as though I need to look a certain part so I can get this kind of corporate type of job. I personally think that's a that's a, that's a negative insight. That's making someone feel as though they're lower than some because of their hairstyle. That's just my look on it. That makes sense. Dominique, is there a phobia? You deal, I know you and Brian, I'll, I'll throw it to you next. Uh, you deal with a lot of different 
personalities, a lot of different circumstances. Is there fear? Is there like, I would get this, but I'm afraid that my job might think this looks ghetto or something like that. Is there fear or is there a phobia in the black uh, beauty industry? Yeah, it's definitely phobias. Um, my personal phobia is tackiness. But I mean, some people may think one thing is tacky and then others may not think it's tacky. Like, for example, lace fronts. Um, <laughs> I've seen people with natural looking lace fronts. I mean, it's only so natural you can make a lace front look. However, mm-hmm. I've seen people where you could see where the hairline is and you can see it very, very well. Um, or it's a bunch of makeup on it, it's a bunch of cake and it's a, a lot of glue and you can just see it all just pressed in and it looks tacky to me. But mm-hmm. some people may think that big hair is laid to the side. But me personally, I feel like things should look flawless. It should look natural. Um, and like I said, I've seen people with lace fronts that looks really natural and melted to the to the scalp. And then I've seen people that it's like, okay, I can see that and I can tell that you have a wig on. Um, also, like people that choose to wear like gold hair, purple hair, I do feel that if you're going to an interview, things like that, you should use things with dis- discretion. So if you're going on an interview or you're going to work and that's not appropriate, I feel that it should, you should be mature enough to say, hey, let me not wear this style because I have a, a interview coming up or my job is not requiring me to, to, to look this way. They want right. me to look this way. Then you should do that. And maybe on a weekend when you go out with your friends, you can be your free self and say, hey, I want my hair to be yellow Saturday. I want my hair to be green. But, you know, when you go back to work, it should be brown or whatever, you know, a natural looking color. So, yeah, definitely it's phobias out here, and um, that's just my personal opinion. I get you. I get you. Bria, I, I like that. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I've seen a lot of different hairstyles, a lot of things that have been very noticeable. Um, phobias, uh, one of the laws that have that has been uh, championed by, like, Ayanna Presley, uh, Congresswoman, excuse me, Ayanna Presley, Congresswoman AOC, uh, Rashida Tlaib, others who have fought for the right of black women to wear their natural hair. Uh, I believe it's the Crown Act or the Crown Law. Um, has this become a topic of discussion, right? Like when somebody comes to your shop and says, Bria, I want this, but I don't know. I don't know if my job would receive this. Is there pressure to conform to um, a image of what beauty should be versus what beauty is? Absolutely. Um I have I have several clients that just don't feel comfortable if they don't have weave in their hair. They don't feel comfortable even even if their natural hair is beautiful. It's just I guess what women want. And I, I agree with everything that I've heard so far as far as um even those clients that want to keep it professional, um, sometimes want to go outside of the box. And also with what Dominique was saying, when I was in school, we learned about face shapes, oval faces, diamond faces. You have to do um you know, hairstyles that are appealing to your face shape, um, your body size. So all of that type of stuff does go into effect and it can have um, a negative stigma, I guess, on what a woman should look like. And then we also have social media. We have magazines of 
telling us what beauty is. And I personally think that's why the beauty industry is so lucrative financially, because women see these things and they want to look the same exact way. That makes sense. Talk about that beauty, Bria, and then Dominic, now I'll throw it to you, Sam. Tell me about that, the the uh, beauty that is supposed to happen. Um, me, I <laughs> I don't really, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I have a, uh, a preference like my wife you know she can pretty much get anything i don't i don't really care if she has weave i like her natural hair personally if she was bald and looked like amber rose it wouldn't bother me um i i never put value in it because i thought that it was like a superimposed image it wasn't what was natural right um and i saw a lot of gravitating toward uh this imagery that is false i think uh black women especially when it comes to their natural look it's untapped potential, right? It's, it's beauty is uh, amazing. So tell me about that, right? So like, um, what is the beauty standard? When you, when I remember as a kid, there was a poster on the barbershop wall and it would had a list of numbers and then what you could get. And somehow this was the standard or the box. Tell me about that standard first, Bria, then Dominique, and then you, Sam. So, um, at least for weave, I know, you know, back in the day, maybe the they had bleaching creams and things like that. Women wanted lighter skin. They wanted straight hair. They wanted long hair, things like that. Um, and like I said, nowadays we have social media. We have all these Instagram influencers. We have celebrities um, basically defining what beauty is and women just they will they want that look they want that look and they will go through anything to achieve that but you it's just at the end of the day you just have to have self-love and you have to embrace yourself and it's just know that beauty is in the eye of the beholder basically awesome dominique so that look what is and I, i've seen it I, i've seen the instagram look is that the look that they come in and say i need to be this Right. What does that look? Yeah. I mean, me being a makeup artist, uh, definitely people come in and they bring pictures and they say, hey, this is what I want my makeup to look like. Or this is because um, I still dibble and dabble in hair, too. Uh, this is what I want my hair to look like. And I'm looking like sometimes people think things are. A, <sighs> I'm trying to see how to say this. They think that you can transform them into this mm. individual. Yeah. Mm. And a lot of times it's like, well, for example, if somebody come in with pencil thin thin brows, they want me to make their brows look like they're full with hair. I'm like, well, I'm not a certain plastic surgeon, you know, but I can achieve that similar look with tint or with a tattoo, you know. But right. everybody is not in that position to say, hey, well, let me go to that extreme to get my uh, uh, eyebrows tattooed. They may not have the money for that. You know, they're doing transplants now where they're taking hair from the back of people's neck or whatever. And they're transferring it to the face and creating hair uh, for people's brows, you know. So everybody don't have the money for that. You know what I'm saying? But they want that look. So they come in and they think that we're supposed to create a miracle and make it happen. But then when you say, well, this is what this is going to cost, 
Mm-hmm. Then, oh, and well, that's too much, you know. So it really, yeah, everybody, I ain't going to say everybody because, you know, as far as social media, I know that people look at it like, oh, well, look how she looks. I want to go to her because she got the Gucci bag and her hair is long and, you know, she her face beat to the God. You know, they looking at that look like I want that look. But you don't look like her. You're not her. You know, so you have to get something that complements your look. You know, get something that, not saying that you can't wear long hair. Anybody can wear long hair. But don't think that people have this imagery in their head that they're going to look exactly like that person. You know, like when they bring in a picture and say, hey, I want my makeup done like this. You know, I can create that look. However, is it going to look right on you? Or are you going to think that's too much? Because what we see on Instagram, Facebook, is not what you see in real life. Because when you see those people in real life, up close and personal, it's way too much. Because those are for photos. Those are for pictures. You know, so if somebody come in and say, I want my face done like this. All right. Do you know that's a photo shoot? You know, her makeup is super heavy in order for her to look like that on that picture. I can make you look like that, but I can make you look like that for everyday look. But if you're doing a photo shoot, then I can go all out and do all, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. some people personally like that over the top, that Instagram look every day. I'm not knocking people that do that. But when you go into the grocery store and you're looking like that, people are be like, whoa, where is she doing? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it just really depends. Depends no, I mean- on the person. Depends on the person. I want to throw this. And I see Sam's having some technical difficulties. I want to throw this. Uh, got two more questions. Uh, one of our audience members, uh, the attorney Elliot Powell, says there's still a desire for African Americans to appeal to the quote unquote white community. I guess to uh, interpret that, is there gentrification even in your industry? Right? Like, is it? Uh, is 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 I don't want to say the orange look because that might be a little off, but is there a push to resemble the Kardashian effect, right? To take this, uh, I would say, median of what we think black beauty is and duplicate it, right, in a very false sense. Do you do you see like kind of external pressures, like if if you know? Because I remember, uh, you know, growing up in the suburbs, growing up in Orland Park you know, predominantly white, they wouldn't get weave, they would get hair extensions. It's kind of like the same thing, right? So is there a is there a push for gentrification even in your industry? Is that a question for me? Yeah. Well, I would say um, yes, because like the Kardashians, for example, she brought, well, I'm not going to say she brought this out, but she's the one that inspired this whole highlighted look under under the eyes, okay? So it was this yellow uh, setting powder called banana powder. And everybody wanted to wear the banana powder. Everybody wanted this highlighted effect under their eyes. Then after everybody started wearing that, it made a lot, some people look like clowns because it doesn't, it don't go with your skin tone. Okay, mm-hmm. it doesn't go with your look. It fits Kim because she had a professional makeup artist do it. 
Okay, she had a professional makeup artist that knew what they were doing to do this. So then you had the African American girls, dark skin like me, you know, Rhea's skin tone that wants to do the banana powder. And now when you take pictures and the flash come on, now you're looking like, you know, really scary. And mm-hmm. you know, yeah, I, I do I do feel like, you know, people have that um that desire to want to look like people like him. You know, they wanna they wanna look just like her. They want to look like um, Kylie Jenner. You know, they want to create that look. And then when they do, it doesn't look right. Mm-hmm. Not right. So you have to, you know, you have to be able to use products and do things that complement you. Right. Okay. But yeah, definitely, um, you know, and then I'm going to say this too, you know, I mean, even with the white community, you know, they desire things from the black community as well. They want to wear their hair with the locks and things like that. So we're not going to just say, oh, black women want that white woman look. Oh, black women want to have the long hair, the, the long white white Caucasian texture they want that look because you have some Caucasians that want the texture of African Americans as well as far as the 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 lock look things like that so yeah that makes sense Sam with me bud Uh, man yes I am I'm so sorry you're good you're good I I see you're moving as (laughs) as a no, go ahead. I'm as as a barber, is there a push or um, is there is there a push toward a different beauty standard that may not be uh, uh, of one's culture? Is there a push for gentrification? Like if you come in and say, "Man, I want that Justin Timberlake look," right? Like it was just fine. You can have whatever you want. But do you see that on a barber's end? I'm sorry, can you say that one more time? I said, is there is there a push for like a gentrified look when it comes to male, uh, uh, male uh, beauty standard and, and as far as the barber profession? Is there a push for that? Uh, honestly, I, I, I cut all types of ethnicity hair. Um, it's almost the same. So, you know, it's different. You know, as far as the texture, that's about the only difference. But almost everyone gets their hair cut the exact same way, except for maybe um, some of the whites and some of the Latinos, because they leave it on top longer, and uh, most of them you need to use shears. A lot of, unfortunately, a lot of the black barbers or the, some of the barber schools, they don't offer how to do shear work. I actually went to a cosmetology um, school, and that's all they taught us at first. I, we didn't do, we barely did, very little barbering, so like it was a lot of shear work. But no, I, I, I see Across the board, I see a lot of the same level playing field. Um, I've seen, I've seen it going to the extreme in the sense that I've seen like some um, Asians and some Latinos and some things that they do rubber bands to try to nap their hair so they can get the, the curly look. Um, those are a little bit of strange. But like everyone, like I don't want to say it's a copycat, but like some people are authentic and some people aren't. You know, some people they look better with certain looks. Some people just don't. It's all about preference. 
Hmm. All about preference. Briz, for that preference, do you feel uh, pressured? And it's fine. Uh, the client has the right to choose whatever look that they would like. They're paying for it at the end of the day. But is this, is this push organic or is it like, I want to look like this, right? Yeah, it's, it's like that. Um, the client, they'll show you a picture and say, I want this. I want this. But I agree with what Dominique said earlier. Sometimes you have to even you have to even just gracefully decline and bow out and just say, you know what? I care that you have. I understand this is the style that you want. Um, but we will not be able to achieve it to XYZ or for whatever reason. Because like Dominique was saying, you know, we, we do change lives, we care or aesthetics or whatever we do, but we we not we're not magicians. Hmm. So I about it. No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. People love to show you a picture. <laughs> like, hey, hey, hey I, I want, I want this right here. I've gone, I've gone accustomed to doing this. I'm like, okay, man, and I don't mind pictures. Right. I don't mind, I don't mind them. But I always, I'm like, just know that that person on there, that's them, and you gonna right. look like you after I'm done. So I'll get as close to the style. That you want me to get to? I got you. I get like I get like weird, like you know the mohawk. I want to look just like this. No, man, I, I'm not. I'm not a surgeon. I'm. I'm just. You know, what I mean, I'm gonna get you to where I think you need to be. But you still gonna look like you at the end of the day. See. I, I love pictures. I don't mind them, but just know that you still you when you get out of my chair. You still you. Look, I, I appreciate you guys. What's up, Dominique? Go ahead. I wanted to add to that too because I mean people they ask for something and they think they want it until they get it and then they don't like it on them. You know, That's just like with make with makeup, I've done people that show me pictures, it happens so much. Like I want my makeup just like this, and then I do it, and then at the end they're like, Oh, this is too much. Well, you showed me a whole full glam. You said this is exactly what you want, and I gave you exactly what you wanted. And they're like, oh, well, it's too much. You know, I had that happen to with a client. I had to take it off three times. Ooh. And it got to the point where I said, well, ma'am, listen, I'm a professional makeup artist. You could have did this yourself. You know, so it happened. It oh. happens a lot. That, oh, my God. I, I, I can, I can only you? imagine. <laughs> I can, oh, geez, I can only imagine. Having to take it off. You're gonna have to live with that look, sweetheart. I'm like, you gotta live with this today. This is yeah, this live is with it. This is you from now on. Look, I I yeah. appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, you know, being a part of this. I know I told you, you know, 30 minutes. I kept you over by five. Bria, where can they connect with you? What are you doing? Where's your shop located? Where can people hit you up? Um, my shop is located in Stager, Illinois, 432 West 34th Street. It's called Access Grain and Hair Studio. I can be found um, my Facebook is Bria Nicole Minor. Instagram, Lavish Styles by Bria underscore. Awesome. Dominique, where can they connect with you? Where can they find you? Uh, well, I'm on Instagram um, at V, like Victor, underscore World Beauty. I'm also on Facebook, um, Valencia's World of Beauty. And um, I'm located in Morgan Park, Chicago, right off of 114th and Vincennes. 
And uh, my website is www.valenciasworldofbeauty.com. Awesome. And Sam, Sam the man, you driving. I know. Where can they find you right now? Where's your way? Um, so you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. So Instagram is uh SJP underscore EST nineteen eighty eight. Um Sam J Passion at Facebook. Um uh, my own personal shop is on um eighty second and King Drive, and I also work at another shop in Dalton, um ninety seven barbershop. That's located 15033 Woodlawn Avenue in Dalton, Illinois. Awesome. Look, audience, connect with these individuals. They are amazing. Uh, just uh, hairstylists and, and beauty uh, estheticians, just amazing, just makeup artists, amazing, just talent. I'm so grateful to have these guys on. When I put out the post-production, you'll have all the links. You can connect with them there. Tomorrow's episode is on colorism. I have an amazing panel of dark skin, medium, Light skin, we're going to go there because I ended up watching, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, with COVID, I go back and watch, you know, black movies. That's what I do. Right. So my wife and I were watching uh, Spike Lee's uh, infamous school days. And, you know, it comes to the part when it's talking about good or bad hair, you know, see if I care, dark hair, you know, good or bad hair and the whole just music ensemble. And I realized, like, man, this issue of colorism has been an old issue. It's, it's an ongoing talk. Right. So we're going to go there tomorrow. We're going to talk about it. What it's like to be light-skinned, what it's like to be dark-skinned, what it's like to be brown-skinned. <laughs> I have experienced a great deal of insight of being I mean, light-skinned in the world of, of America. So Let me know. I'll see you in the link. But I look forward. I thank you guys again. Connect with these connect with these great individuals. You see them. Dominic has their Instagram page up. Sam has their Instagram page up. Bria's on Instagram. Hit her up. I love you guys. Till next time. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you All right, y'all. Thanks for care. having me. Thank you.